Welcome to this week's podcast from Terelgan City Church. We hope this message transforms and equips you to reach out. For more information about what's happening at TCC, head to mytcc.com.au or check us out on Facebook. We hope you enjoy this message. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I have been uh, praying and seeking God all week. And I really felt as we kick off the first session about the Holy Spirit, I really felt uh, the Lord say to me, get the people to stand. And I'm going to ask you if you just uh, would stand here this morning uh, with me as we begin. I'm going to pray. And, uh, you know, maybe uh, a sign of surrender is to open your arms and, and just put your arms out. If you want to do that, that's fine. If you don't, that's okay. But I just really believe that uh, as we begin that, that the Lord is going to manifest His Holy Spirit in this place uh, today. I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe in signs and wonders. I actually got saved uh, in uh, 20, 35 years ago. Um, and that was as a, a result of asking the Lord to reveal Himself to me. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, my wife was healed. I felt uh, his uh, burning sensation in my hand and she felt it in the back of her neck. And so signs and wonders, gifts of healing and all that sort of stuff, the Holy Spirit can do. And so if you have a need here today, I just felt the Lord asked me as I was preparing this to say, get the people to stand and open their hands in surrender to the Holy Spirit this afternoon. Lord, we just thank you that you sent your Holy Spirit to this earth. Lord, that through the work of the cross and you're going to be seated at the right hand of the Father, Lord, you're able to send the comfort of the Holy Spirit to reside with us, Lord, as we come into that place of salvation, Lord, but also the empowerment of your Spirit, Lord, to walk this Christian life. And so, Lord, there are people here today, there are people in this place today, Lord, that need a touch from your Spirit, Lord. It may be healing, it may be refreshing, Lord, whatever it is, Lord, we surrender to you this, more, this afternoon, we surrender to all you want to do and we say, have your way in our life. Holy Spirit, come this afternoon in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, you may be seated. Hallelujah. I'm just going to put my Bible over here for a moment because I, I don't have quite enough room. But, uh, you know, it's exciting to be talking about the Holy Spirit and uh, the boldness of the Spirit and all that the Holy Spirit wants to do. And I believe this month is going to be an integral part uh, for our church and for the releasing of God's power and the evidence of that um, through him. I remember many years ago at uh, my daughter's graduation, she went to Bible college. Um, I can't remember whether it was 12 months or three years. It was a 12-month study that you went to uh, the Harvard um, Harvest <laughs> Bible College in Melbourne, call it Harvard, uh, Harvest in Melbourne. But I remember Pastor Andrew Davies uh, getting up at the end or at the beginning of the graduation when he was going to pray over the students and, and that had been studying the Word of God for that 12 months. And I, I remember very clearly what he spoke, what he said. And his words have stayed with me ever since that day, which I, I can't remember how many years ago, but it would be going back 10, 15 years ago, I think, Pastor Meigs, maybe a bit more than that. But I remember what he said, and it's impacted my thoughts and my, my thinking since that time. And here he was about to address students that had been studying God's word for 12 months, some of them studying it for more than that, and the parents of those students uh, that were in that auditorium. And he was about to address them. And uh, they'd been studying exams and, and all that sort of thing. 
And this is what he said. He said, what the world needs is not someone or not some person with all this Bible college knowledge, not someone with a diploma of theology, but a person with the anointing of God. And I quite often think about that, you know, a simple sentence. But he was saying to the students to remember that it's the power of the Holy Spirit that brings life to the Word. He was saying to these students that had been studying God's Word in Bible college, that don't forget that you need the anointing of God on what you do and on your life. And we need that. And I know it's good. We need to have knowledge. We need to understand the Word of God so that it it can be taught and ministered correctly. But I remember as I prayed before when I first became a Christian, we were around lots of people and we had many opportunities to witness to those people and we witnessed and we led people to Jesus. We were excited, we were filled with God's presence and we spoke to people as the opportunity came up. That's how excited we were Uh, when I got born again and my wife got born again over 35 years ago. And I want to say this afternoon, we can do things in our own strength and and be doing it for God, but to no avail. And I've been there. I've strived in my own strength. So I'm going to make this work and then nothing happens. But Psalm 127 verses 1 to 2 says, It's the Lord who builds the house. It's the Lord who watches over the city. And it's the Lord who brings the increase and the blessing." You know, it's not my preaching here today, although God can anoint it, and I've been praying that God would anoint the words that he wants to bring here this afternoon. But it's not about me. It's about him and him wanting to reveal himself to you as you, as you draw closer to him, as I've said many times before. What Psalm 127 is telling us is simply this, that to use your skill or talent for the Lord is futile, without God's presence and anointing. And our vision statement, one of the things that we strived over for for months, trying to come up with a statement that would uh, be about what our heart is as Tarogan City Church, we spent over six months writing on paper and ripping paper up and then writing on more paper and we would have meeting after meeting, striving and, and just asking God to reveal to us, you know, uh, uh, something that would be a passion and that, that is the passion of Tarragon City Church. And this is what our vision statement says, to transform people's lives through prayer and the power of the Holy Spirit, equipping the generations to reach our community and the world with God's message of hope and love through Jesus Christ. Prayer and the power of the Holy Spirit. And I think what the generation today needs is a a revelation of the power of the Holy Spirit. There are young people out there today that haven't experienced God's power. You know, they come to church and they say, oh, you know, church is boring, but they haven't really experienced the fullness and the power of the Holy Spirit upon their life. And we felt as a a church that that we needed to talk about the Holy Spirit and, and, uh, you know, not striving after it because you can strive after the Holy Spirit and people have done that over the years, you know. They seek after the gifts of the Spirit and they, they hunger after that. But, you know, it's in your relationship with Jesus Christ that the power of God is revealed in you. And as you, you know, grow your relationship with Him, that power is released in your life. And we see that in the book of Acts. You know, the disciples, they weren't striving after the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, you know, go and wait 
for the power, for the gift my Father's going to send upon you. They weren't striving, so they went and waited until it came upon them. But they were doing and following Jesus. They had been following Jesus. They had seen the miracles that he'd done. They'd seen the transformation of people's lives. And I want to read to you out of the book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 4 to 8. And it says, On one occasion, while I was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptised with water, but in a few days you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It's not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The book of Acts you know, is a great example and a model for living our lives under the power of the Holy Spirit. And we see in verse 4 of that passage of Scripture where Jesus says, Wait for the gift my Father has promised. And in verse 8 he says, You will receive power when the Spirit comes upon you. It was the power of the Spirit in Jesus' life that authorised him to preach, to heal the sick, to cast out demons and to set the captives free. And you might ask the question this morning because, you know, there, there's many people that believe that, you know, some of the gifts of the Spirit have diminished and, and disappeared. You might ask the question, but, you know, is that same power, that same authority for us today? Acts chapter 2 verse 17 says, In the last days God says he will pour out his Spirit on all people. We know the Scripture well. In Acts, 2, uh, chapter, uh, Acts chapter 2 verse 36 to 39 He says, therefore, this was Peter speaking, therefore let all Israel be assured of this, God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. And when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart because, and they were cut to the heart because they were the ones that sent him to the cross. They cried out to to release Barabbas. They were the ones. And so they were cut to the heart when they heard this message about how they were the ones that sent Jesus to the cross. They were the ones that sent him to be crucified. And it says, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. And Peter said, uh, to Peter said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter replied, repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord will call. The Holy Spirit is the one that empowers us to walk this Christian life. And if you haven't experienced something or the refreshing or the anointing or the power of the Holy Spirit, then my prayer is today that before you leave this building, as we begin this month, that you will experience something of the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to ask people at the end of my preaching today to respond If you've never felt the power of the Holy Spirit or if you want to be refreshed, I'm going to ask you to stand. I felt the Lord say this. I can't call you out and lay hands on you because of COVID, but you know there's no barriers to the Holy Spirit. We might be physically distant, but God's not spiritually distant. He's close. 
and I, I failed to do that. I want to read to you uh, Luke chapter 4, verse 14 to 19. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and the news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. The same power and authority is given to us, to the church. We receive from him the power to do his work. I had planned to mention a bit of a testimony about a young man. And I didn't think um, he would be here today, but he actually walked in the building this morning and I thought, man, that's amazing because I wanted to talk about this young person. His name's Josh Dinnison. I've mentioned him many times in my preaching. He's out the back here on the left with the hat, the red collar. Stand up, Josh, for a sec. I want to embarrass you. (laughs) Josh, thanks, mate. When Josh was born, he was born a prem baby. And to cut a long story short, he was the size of my palm, a bit smaller than the size of my palm and my hand. The doctor said that there's a good chance that uh, he's not going to live. He was actually fitting. I remember being with his parents in the hospital in, in Melbourne, and he was fitting, and the doctor said to Merv and Denise, how many times, how many times do you want us to revive him? How many times do you want us to... They said, you give him as much as you can to give a chance at life. And their attitude was, well, whatever, the, the, whatever happens, it's in God's hand. If God takes him, well, that's, he's gone to heaven. But if he gives him to us, no matter how he will be, if he'll be a vegetable, whatever, we'll just take that lot in life and we'll just love him and care for him the way. And it was interesting, I was talking to, to Josh's dad just this week and we were talking about Josh. We quite often, Josh comes up the miracle boy, I call him. And uh, when Josh was 18, um, Merv was down the main street of Warrigal with Josh, his son, and one of the doctors, one of the specialist surgeons that were at the hospital when Josh was born that looked after Josh, one of the, the doctors that said to the parents, how many times do you want to revive him, Hap- act- actually happened to be walking down the street in Warrigal and noticed Merv, recognised, he said, oh, you're the man that uh, had the son, you know, the, in, in hospital. He said, oh, I was the specialist, one of the, the doctors there. And Merv said, yeah, that's right. And the doctor, Josh was standing beside his dad and the doctor said, How, how's it all turned out? And uh, Merv said, well, here's my son right here. And the doctor's eyes Googled a bit and he said, you know, Merv, he's not meant to be here. Not meant to be here. He, he shouldn't have lived. And Merv said, well, we believe in God and miracles. And the doctor just put his head down and said, well, I can't argue with that, can I? Amazing. The power of God to move against all odds in any situation. And the parents, their faith was a strong faith to say, well, whatever the outcome, God, it's in your hands. We, we release it over to you. 
and God moved. And I think that's a challenge for many of us is to get into that place of faith where we release it over to God. We don't become the ones that do the healing. We don't become the one, ones that you know try to work it all out. But we say, God, I leave this situation in your hands. I believe, God, that you're a miracle-working God. And that's what his parents said. We believe God in miracles. Whatever the outcome, I leave it in your hands. I surrender to you. We don't chase after the miracles. We don't chase after the Holy Spirit. We chase after God. We follow God and His Holy Spirit moves as He pleases. The same power and authority is given to us as the church. If we look through the book of Acts, we see people were filled with the Holy Spirit, Acts 2, 4, 9, 17. They received the Holy Spirit, Acts 8, 17. That the Holy Spirit fell upon them, Acts 10, 45. That the Holy Spirit came upon them, uh, Acts 19, 6. And out of all of these accounts, we see that there was an awesome presence of God's power that was experienced by all who were present. People's lives were changed. People's lives were changed. The filling of the Spirit allowed them and gave them power to live and to witness for Jesus. And the same power enabled them to work together in unity and of one accord. And you know, I talk about chasing after the Spirit. I was, uh, got born again in the mid-80s and there was, I, I've spoken about this many times about uh, you know, people and, and manifesting and doing all sorts of weird things and all that sort of stuff. And you think, man, people began to question, you know, was this God or was this just human people just doing stuff? And that's what happens when you begin to chase after stuff. Things begin, begin to get out of hand. Instead of surrendering to the Holy Spirit, instead of surrendering to God and, and allowing Him to work in our life. And, and there was an account in the book of Acts in chapter 8, 18, where Simon, this wasn't Simon Peter, but another Simon, when he saw what the disciples and, and the people following Jesus had been doing when he saw the laying on of hands that the gift of the Holy Spirit was released and, and imparted from the laying of the hands, he chased after that and he wanted to pay them for the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, I want to pay you. He wanted to pay them money. But Peter, Simon Peter said to him, your money perished with you because you thought you could buy the Holy Spirit. His heart wasn't right. And so, you know, we could very easily go this month to chasing after the power of the Holy Spirit. We could very easily get into doing all that stuff. But, you know, my message today is not to chase after the Holy Spirit, but it's to chase after Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. And out of that, you'll see his power manifest and move. What do all these scriptures teach us? We need the Holy Spirit. Man, do we ever need the Holy Spirit. We read in Acts chapter 3 where Peter prayed for a, a crippled beggar and the guy gets healed and sets off a whole chain of events, opportunities to speak to people. Acts 3, we can read about it. How the man held on to Peter's and John's hands and, and people were astonished and came running up to them it gave them opportunity to speak to rulers and authorities. And I want to say the whole purpose of the Holy Spirit and the impartation of that 
is that the gospel and Jesus Christ would be lifted up. When we read about in Acts chapter 4, if we go, you know, read in there, and you can read it for yourself rather than we go through it all. But we know in Acts chapter 4 verse 8 that the whole purpose and, and there of their prayer meeting where they were, they were gathered together, all filled with the Holy Spirit and they all spoke the word of God boldly. And we know the outcome that over 5,000 people came to know Jesus that day. In Acts chapter 8, verse 26, another account, Philip is directed by the angel to, of the Lord to speak to a certain eunuch. And we read there from Acts chapter 8, verse 26. Now angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the, the desert road that goes down to Jerusalem to Gaza. And so he started out and on his way he met an Ethiopian, an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of the treasury. He was in charge of the queen of the Ethiopians' treasury. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home he was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah. He probably would have got pulled up by the police if he was in today's time reading his phone while he was driving the chariot. But he's sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet and the spirit told Philip, go over to the chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot. He heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked him. How can I? Said He said, unless someone explains it to me. So then he invited Philip, uh, Philip, Philip, he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. And this was the scripture that he was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter and a lamb before its shearer is silent. So he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from this earth. The eunuch asked Philip, I tell you, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. Philip was in tune with the Spirit of God and when the angel of the Lord said to him, go over there and speak to the eunuch, he responded. He responded. And so sometimes we, we pray for things and it's like we, we want to wave a magic wand and have something happen, but we've got to respond. And Philip responded to what the Holy Spirit was telling him. And he shared the gospel message. I want to tell you this afternoon that the Holy Spirit will bring boldness. Boldness to witness, boldness to pray for people, boldness to prophesy over people. There's some here today that know that. Even maybe as I've been speaking, have been feeling God saying something something to them by the Holy Spirit. A boldness. In Acts chapter thirty-one, a verse, uh, chapter four, verse thirty-one. 
when we were reading before, after they prayed in the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. That word boldness in the Greek, that pharisia, which means outspokenness, unreserved utterance, freedom of speech, with frankness, candour, cheerful, courage. It's the opposite to cowardness. Timidity or fear. But here that word boldness divines, that word boldness denotes a divine enablement that comes to ordinary people exhibiting the spirit and power and authority. It refers also to be able to bring a clear representation of the gospel. That pharisee, that boldness is not a human quality, but it's a result of being filled with the Holy Spirit. I can say this this afternoon, it's the Spirit of the Lord that brings life. It is the Spirit of the Lord that breaks every chain. It's the Spirit of the Lord that brings freedom. The book of Acts teaches us that ordinary people, ordinary people filled with the power of God can do extraordinary things. Over that 35 years ago when I didn't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Saviour, but I was seeking and asking, and that night, I've shared this many times before, that night when I said, Lord, if you are real, then show me. And I just put my hand on the back of my wife's neck and I felt the heat in my hand. I thought it was her neck. And she felt the heat in her neck and she thought it was my hand. But I knew, because within a matter of seconds she said, have you been praying for me? And I didn't even know how to pray. I didn't even know what prayer was except, you know, I just said, Lord, if you're real, show me. And I put the hand, my hand on the back of her neck and I felt the heat, she felt the heat and the pain that she had went. God revealed himself by his Holy Spirit because I genuinely was searching, genuinely seeking, genuinely asking to know him. Ordinary people filled with the power of God. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of earth, ends of the earth. I'd ask if we can stand again. I believe with all my heart, with not, not a doubt in my mind, that God wants to minister in this place today. I believe with all my heart, without a doubt in my mind, that God wants to come by His Holy Spirit upon your life afresh today. I believe in my heart, without a doubt in my mind, that nothing, nothing can stop the power of the Holy Spirit in this place this afternoon. I believe in my heart and with all my mind that if you have an illness here today, God can heal you of that illness. 
I believe in my heart without a doubt in my mind that if you've been struggling with depression, that God can break that chain of depression over your life. I believe in my heart without a doubt in my mind that God is the God who loves you and cares for you, that went to the cross for you so that His Holy Spirit could come and refresh you just for this day today. If there was no other day in eternity in the whole of the world just for today, He would have done it for this day. And as we're standing here, I'm believing for His presence and the power of His Holy Spirit to touch you in a way that you've never been or felt before. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. Lord, as we stand here this afternoon, Lord, in my mind, when I, I think about what I've spoken, I think it's, it's like it doesn't measure up to what you want to do how you want to reveal yourself. But in my heart, Lord, I know that you want to touch lives here today. You want to refresh lives here today. You want to break chains over people's lives here today. And so as we surrender to you, as we did at the very beginning, we surrender again now to all that you want to do in our life. And maybe there are people here today that don't know you, Lord, don't know who Jesus Christ is, have heard about Him. If that's you today, if you're here today and you've never known Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, you can just say a simple prayer. You can say it today. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Lead me and help me all the days of my life. Lord, forgive me. Lord, I want to follow You. And, And He'll come in. Or you can go home tonight and be thinking about it. And as you put your, lay your head on your pillow, you can say, Lord, if you're real, show me and He will. So we surrender to you, Holy Spirit. And in the name of Jesus, we ask that your power be released in our lives. Thanks for listening to this week's message. We hope you have been challenged and inspired. For more information about Torelgan City Church, check out mytcc.com.au.